Well, guys, this is it. My last Jeff in Motion being recorded on the drive from Williamsport to Salem's Grove. Man. I don't know what there is for the future of this show. Um, it's not over by any means. But yeah. Um, in podcast network news, we had a new show launch on Tuesday um, called Serving Ice. Um, hosted by uh, Justin Strasser. And Dylan... Wow, forgot his last name. And Dylan. Yup, because I know him as Dylan. I know Justin Strasser as Justin Strasser. Because Justin Strasser is one of those guys that you say both his names for some reason, Justin Strasser. But Dylan's just a Dylan. Not that he's like our fawns or anything. Dylan. I want to say it starts with a K. Oh well. It wouldn't be me if I didn't forget people's names. Okay, fine. Don't let me see the oncoming motherfucker. So yeah, check out Serving Ice, the newest podcast on the Popular Outcast Productions Network. Um, Hopefully to be joined by a few other new podcasts in the uh, coming months. But as I've discussed before, we're having a much more relaxed rollout schedule um, for those. There's one that we've had in the works for quite a while um, but we're waiting on some more information there's another one that we just got a pilot episode of that I still need to listen to and then we've got the uh, potential sex education podcast hosted by my wife um, who I am allowed to talk about now because she has uh, teased it not only on her podcast but in an upcoming episode of the Popular Outcast podcast So, the news is out there on that one. But yeah. It was kind of sad leaving work today. They had a pizza party for me. We told the bosses it was for Halloween. I mean, granted, I had to put $5 in towards my own pizza party, but whatever. There's definitely going to be some people I'll miss. That's the thing, like... I've never left a job... I've left jobs that I hated. Hated. And, like, I'd work at AdTrack until I died before I would work at Best Buy again. But I still didn't like AdTrack. But I never had a job that I didn't, like, 
befriend at least one person at. And I had a couple people, man. John Iker, he was the guy who got me in. He started three months before I did. They were, hire, they were looking to hire a part-time job in the email side of things and put my name out there. And fuck, like, got me in. I When I went in to interview for that place, I thought I was going in for an internship, paid internship, and they just offered me a job straight up. And um, <laughs> that will be known as the last really overly easy interview I ever did. Um, I don't know if, if, if I've talked about this before, but up until my interview with AdTrack, or up until after my interview with AdTrack, every single job interview I ever did, I was offered a job. Every single one. I had, uh, the year before I did an internship interview at Wise at the design department of Wise Markets, they encouraged me to quit school so I could just be hired by them. Um, so, needless to say, I was a little inflated over my job interview skills. But after that, when I actually, you know, I'd been in AdTrack for a while and I was looking to get out, I my streak was broken. <laughs> I, uh, broke a lot of positive streaks while working at that track. My never been interviewed without offered a job streak, my never smoked tobacco streak, my (laughs) never got in a car accident streak twice. I broke that once, never got in a car accident by running a red light, and two, never got in a car accident in the snow, broke those. Um, My never drank coffee streak, now I'm absolutely dependent on it. I drank so much coffee at one point that I uh, developed prostate issues and had to get a prostate exam at the age of 26 or 25? 26. So yeah, broke a lot of streaks of that track. But I made some friends, and I'm going to miss them. Yeah, John Iker, he got, he got me in. He stuck his neck out for me. and You know, he, we've been there, like, he was only in three months in when I started, so we've been, we kind of came up together in that place and he shot ahead of me but that was just the department he was in he had a position to shoot too I did not and I really hope that staying at the company works out for him he's definitely got the talent to get out of there a lot of the guys there do all of them really Yvonne, my supervisor, she's like a mom. She was work mom, you know? We didn't see eye to eye on all things politically, but, I mean, neither does me and my actual mom. Like, I hugged her when I left. 
It's, it's kind of a bummer to know that I'm not going to see those guys every day. It's great to know that I'm not going to see the president of the company every day anymore. <laughs> he was full piece of work, that guy. different things as far as I can tell a lot better things it's really as I get more comfortable in the new job I'm sure I'll talk about it Um, I'll probably stay fairly vague at first till I really get my feet wet and feel comfortable As far as this show goes, it's going to be shorter. Um, I've talked about doing a third episode a week, a Wednesday episode. Um, I probably won't do that right away. Um, At least not until I get settled and get comfortable. Um, Maybe I will, maybe I won't. We'll see. We'll see. I promise I'll do Monday and Friday. Um... I doubt very much that I will be able to post the Monday episode in the morning um, because, you know, I'll need to get... I don't know if I'm going to have a station ready for me Um, as I know the company is in the process of preparing to move to a new office in the beginning of next year, so things are a little uh, higgledy-piggledy as far as seating arrangements go, which is understandable. But, you know, I'll get into it, and maybe, maybe I post them in the evenings all the time from here on out. I don't know. We'll see. It's funny. I was doing some discussing with some of the guys on the network this week. And, uh... I love podcasting. I genuinely do. <laughs> okay, I just got the best text message from my wife. Um, <laughs> I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, fuck, where was I? Oh, I was talking about podcasting and like, I love podcasting. I genuinely do. But we're about to hit the two-year mark at Popular Outcasts, and we've pretty much, as far as, like, from day one to year one, we did a lot. We, we went, we got over 50,000 listens, we were getting, like, four to six hundred downloads an episode, it was great, like, fuck, we really, that's respectable. And from year one to year two, though, we just hit 70,000 downloads, and we're at maybe 300 to 400 downloads an episode. Like, we've just kind of stagnated. And 
the thing is, I don't want to change who we are for for that. But like, and like, we've got almost no fan interaction. But the thing is, the people, the the fans that truly interacted with us are good friends now. So we just talk to them. They don't tweet at us about our episodes. So I mean, that's our own fault. Um, if we befriend our best, our biggest fans, um, they're not going to be fans. They're going to be friends. Um, so I mean, that's you know, but like, it's still, it's not so much discouraging. Because like, I I love doing the podcast. I love doing this podcast. Um, it's great, but it's just kind of frustrating. It's not as fulfilling as it used to be. And, like, because Mike Bennett is correct. It's not all about numbers. But having an engaged, growing audience is something that is um, psychologically... Psychologically... Is, is fulfilling. It, is, it, it scratches an itch. It helps reach self-actualization. You're creating something that people are consuming and sharing with friends. And that's great. But as it slowly kind of wavers, it's it's not depressing, but it's just like what where I come from, I I am like, well, what what is it that we can do to change this? And the the only thing I'm coming up with is I don't know. Like, becoming a, a really successful hit podcast is, is... There's a lot of luck involved. And a lot of... You've got to get fans who are diehard enough to share them with their friends and strangers. And then those people have to... Like, it's got to spread organically. Like, that's the only way to do it in a way that I'd be proud. Like, I'm not going to buy reviews on iTunes. I'm not going to um, take out a, uh, a f- ad with Google to get people to listen to our podcast. Like, that doesn't seem genuine to me. I want people to want to listen, not... And, like, I know I've never seen a Facebook ad or a Google ad or a Reddit ad for a podcast that I've been like, oh, I'm going to check that out. Um... And that's like, and not that we haven't done anything this last year. We started the network. Like, we've helped our friends and fans become podcasters themselves. And, like, that's really a fulfilling thing. Like, that, knowing that we were part of that, but, like, and I started Jeff in Motion, and we've got the Delusional Loners, and uh, Mixing Up with My Carpenter, and... Uh, me and my depression and the sound of life um, and we've been through rough patches uh, i.e. three the hard way incident we've been through uh, and uh, the media junkies we've been through great times like yes men and um, girls on girls getting featured in iTunes um, and like and I don't know if it's the time of year or or what, but things just 
are kind of dwindling across network. We've had a couple shows kind of a trophy and drop off. Um, and we've... It's tough to dedicate yourself to doing it weekly or even monthly if there's if the fulfillment is dwindling dwindling and this last week like I love I I wouldn't have done Jeff in Motion for over for nearly 60 episodes now if I didn't get some enjoyment out of it and um, I really do like doing this I do um but I mean I've dropped from like I topped out at about 80 listeners an episode and I'm down to like 40 um and I mean I know I barely self promote and it's really up to listeners sharing it and they don't (laughs) so it's I don't know and this is a very very specific show um the fact that anyone that listens that doesn't know me personally baffles me immensely, but I know they're out there, um, and now they do know me personally, basically. But I guess it's, I'm at a point where I want to be really, really amped to be podcasting again because it I love it. I wouldn't have been doing it for two years now if I didn't. And but I just I want to I want to reignite the flame, the passion that I've had. I mean, we can't be losing fans because I stopped Twihearted. <laughs> God, could you imagine if that's what it was? Although our most listened to episode recently was the last episode of Twihearted. I don't think I've got it in me, though, again. To do a chapter-by-chapter thing? I mean, at least we've got the Fifty Shades uh, double episode that's running right now. I always felt like the Toy Hearted episodes were more of a sore thumb than anything. You know, what I would love to do would to be do a spin-off Let's Get Toy Hearted podcast. Um, that way it wouldn't interrupt the flow of the Popular Outcast podcast. But then that's another hour of content we have to create in addition to the hour, uh, another weekly hour, or maybe I do it monthly or bi-weekly. But still, that's more, that's another hour or two or four that I would have to create in a month's time. Um, And we're barely getting what we put out now out. 
if if I knew there was interest, if I could be self-assured that it would get listened to and shared and people would be passionate about it, I would start, I would, I would make an, an honest effort to start a Let's Get Twy Hearted podcast and start with um, New Moon. Because I'm not going to lie, it was fun. It was fun to perform. It was awful to listen to and take notes on. You know, honestly, if I were to do it, there's something to be said for actually reading, like, reading the books. Instead of me transcribing all the dialogue me reading a chapter out loud and commenting on it as I read it for the first time. Um, I would... I would enjoy that. But, I mean... I don't have the time to do it. (laughs) just don't. And I don't know if anyone would listen. When I was trying to figure out if I should continue doing Let's Get Twy Hearted, when we were coming to the end of Twilight, there seemed to be only five to ten people who cared if it went away. I know we didn't start the podcast to, air quotes, get famous. That wasn't our goal. It was that fun. And it still is fun. But, like, there was a, there was a golden age in the just coming off of that first year that was just, it was exciting. We were getting new fans every day. It's now less of that I feel we're on a downward slope I'm not saying that it won't go up again I know people love 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 popular podcasts and girls on girls and this podcast and all of our podcasts but I wish there was something I could do to get our podcasts to the listeners they deserve, or at least the listeners I feel they deserve. I goddamn love the Portable Power podcast. I have laughed to tears listening to those guys. And Sound of Life has such a unique perspective on uh, music, and it's the only reason I have any idea what's going on in uh, modern music.
guess I just want the honeymoon period back, you know? I like having this creative outlet. I really do. But signs are pointing to an end, not to a new beginnings. I don't think that end is close. That seems to be the direction we're heading. I just wish I knew how to change it up, how to turn it around. And it's really without air quotes selling out there's nothing we can do and that's the thing you've got to get popular before you can sell out (laughs) so we don't even have that as an option without being sleazy without being shady I don't see a way that I can personally affect the future of our podcasts because I don't I don't know I don't know what the people want, you know? Because they don't tell us. I know we don't plug our voicemail anymore because we got tired of listen- uh, uh, not listening to them. We got tired of uh, dedicating entire episodes to playing voicemails. And I just found out that Bill and Mike haven't checked our email for months I thought that because there were like semi-important emails in there that I was waiting on a response from them for turns out they weren't checking so whoops (laughs) shit Something that came up in this discussion was that sense of uh, fulfillment, that sense of excitement that I've kind of been missing from popular outcasts, uh, from podcasting in general, is definitely being fulfilled by hosting Mike's No Mike Open Mic. I love doing it. I'm told I'm good at it. I can't, I'm not going to allow myself to admit that though. I'm getting better. I should, uh, be more aware of the tone of the, uh, acts that are going to go up so that I don't end an exciting night on a, uh, sad or a dramatic story. If there are only two female performers doing solo acts, putting them one after another is kind of uh, 
odd and a little sexist. Like, hey, look, these are girls. I honestly, you know, I was kind of doing it in order of people who had performed before. I didn't... You know, Aaron Dews went first because he had to be somewhere before the show was over. But then, you know, there were two people who had never performed before. One was Ashley and one was uh, Kevin, I believe his name was. I didn't know Kevin, so I put him up first because I knew Ashley was nervous about it. So, you know, don't want her to be the second one of the show, especially going right after Aaron who killed. And then the next person who had performed the least amount of times was Kelsey. So, boom, yeah, there you go. And then later, uh, to hear my set list being criticized for putting the girls next to each other, I was just like, fuck, I totally did that. Shit. So, I mean, I'm not... I mean, I'm comfortable in front of the mic, and I'm good with an anecdote. But I'm not great at being a host yet. There are logistics things that I gotta figure out. I didn't get Bill to tweak the hot mic until after intermission. That's something I should have been more on top of. And I'm not try- I'm not being down on myself, but I have to I have to critique myself in order to improve. And that's the thing, like, I, I, I wish I had this kind of feedback for podcasting. The, oh, hey, you know, I like what you guys are doing, but this is something that, you know, if you did it this way, I think more people would be into it. I don't have any constructive criticism from podcasting. I either have silence or just overly positive feedback. Um... And while I love our positive feedback, I would, and I don't want to troll. I don't want somebody to be like, fuck you guys. You guys is faggots. I'm going to tell everybody to put poop on your house. I don't need that. But to have someone just be like, hey, you know, we did like Twihearted. Or, hey, you guys used to do more segments. Or, you know, you guys used to do more episodes alone. Just something like that. Anything. Hey, Jeff, maybe you should structure your Jeff in Motion episodes like you had before. You know, try and stick on a topic. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But with my mom, I've got direct feedback. And like instant feedback because there's an audience (laughs) and it's great I go, I'm on my toes I am truly in my element being in front of a group of people it, it feeds my desire for attention and the spotlight um but it also feeds my desire to be humble because I am there to present the other performers. And while it is in it is in no way not a performance that I'm doing, like I am 
trying to be entertaining and charismatic. But it's, uh, like, it's not about me, it's about them. And I like that. I like being the host of the open mic. I didn't do a set last time. I just, you know, did my anecdotes after uh, after sets that triggered them. Hmm. But I think one thing that's really, like... There's a lot of things about hosting the open mic that I absolutely love and I, w- I would I would do ooh ambulance I would host that open mic once a week hell multiple times a week because I goddamn love it but I mean one we don't quite have the audience for it yet two I definitely don't have the time to dedicate to that yet But I'm up there, I'm creative, I have instant feedback from the audience. I'm in control, but it's not about me, it's about the other people. I love it. I get, I get constructive criticism. Like, hey, why'd you put the two girls up next to each other? What are, they, what are you doing there? And, um... I dig it. I dig it a lot. And like there are things that I... Having something to improve. Having to to know... To be able to observe this. And see where I can improve things. Is something that helps create passion for me. Podcasting right now, I don't know what to do to improve our shows or our network. I'm at a point of what do I do now? I mean, we could go looking for new shows, but when we were actively trying to pull new shows in, we had a trouble we had trouble saying no to shows. So that led to stress, and honestly, like, I almost left podcasting forever due to the stresses that that caused. So that's not the answer. Um, We try and remain active on social media, but without, like, that's the thing. We need other people. We need to have a passionate uh, audience to help us and we have more of a resigned friendly but like we don't want to be too pushy kind of audience to my knowledge they don't speak to us really but with the open mic like I oh I can you know I can make sure that our Facebook presence is Active. I can post more multiple times a week. Like, hey guys, get to this show. Um, I can. I ha- there are ideas I have. Like we do the uh, YouTube videos. Um, I am honestly debating bringing my uh, Nikon 
for the next one so I can take, like, a decent photograph of every performer um, to put up as photos on our Facebook page to, you know, kind of have a photographic archive of the performers we've had. Um, We've got the videos that I talked about from Justin Strasser, but we can work on, oh, you know, these were a little dark and a little yellow. We should get some... uh, some whiter light and some brighter light, maybe get a, get a spot. Um, there are just, there are things that I, there are ideas I have and things like there, there's room to grow and there seems to like podcasting before there seems to be a lot of room to grow into being a truly wonderful thing. And, like, that's the thing. The fans of Mike's No Mike Open Mike, they, they arrive at Mike's No Mike Open Mike. I see them. I can touch them. They're tangible. And it is immensely fulfilling to, to, to be there and do that. It's far more isolating to be doing a podcast, especially one with a wider fan base and I mean I it's only been the last year or so that I've started reaching out to the podcast that I love and um, guess what they're run by people too I I regularly interact with some of my idols in the podcast world and they're just people just like you and me. Hell, Dave Ross isn't even verified on Twitter. But he's just... He's... He's a... He's a role model. He's younger than Bill is. And he's a role model. You know? first started podcasting and I was talking about our uh, inspirations to someone and they said uh, well how do you get on the Nerdist Network and I kind of laughed and I was like we, we don't that's something that could really bump the popular podcast network would be to partner with uh, an Earwolf or a uh, Nerdist or, um, oh shit, what's the one that Harmontown is on? Fuck. Damn it, I, uh, I'll remember it after this. Ep- I'm done recording this. But, uh... To, like, to partner with a bigger network that has a built-in fan base. 
that would really be our next step. But we'd have to be discovered, which would we'd have to grow on our own. Which we just, uh, we aren't anymore. I thought we had potential. I mean, we do have potential. But it seemed like a bigger possibility when it was all growth. And, like, you can't go begging to be on a network. I can't, like, tweet it. Chris Hardwick can be like, you guys should pick up my podcast for your network. Because I'm sure they get that all the fucking time. And I'm sure they get that from podcasts who deserve it more than we do. But you've got, it's not, begging is not how I want in, you know? And also, begging is not how you do get in. I know Earwolf, who's got a lot of podcasts. Ah, Smod, the Smodco, that's another podcast network. Um, But a lot of those are just friends of the, the main, the people who started it, just like us. Like, we have our own network, and I'm sure, you know, we've brought listeners to each other. But it's not... Not enough to, you know, make us uh, famous. And not that fame is an ultimate goal, but, like, emotional and philosophical fulfillment is. And knowing that your thing is being consumed by an ever-growing amount of people, that's fulfilling. That's really fulfilling. feel passion for it again. Because I like doing it. The text message wife, 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 my Aislinn sent me, um, was, we should be Sam and Dean for Halloween next year. Um, to those of you who are fans of Supernatural, you also think that's hilarious. Um, 
Fuck yeah, we should. I love you, baby. You're great. Oh, man. That's the thing that I think... I think discourages me, the, or not discourages, kind of bumps me out the most about kind of losing the passion for podcasting is I know it's, it's right there. It is just out of reach. I just need one or two things to happen and fucking that fire will ignite in my belly again. I know it's there. Because the passion is there. And just the fulfillment isn't. And in order to fuel the passion, the fulfillment needs to kind of start again. It's the oxygen to the fire in my belly. I don't know when you're going to hear this podcast again. It'll be Monday. More than likely it'll be in the evening, though. Um, have a good weekend, guys. This has been Jeff in Motion. This has been the last Williams Fort to Seelands Grove trip. Hell of a ride. Pun intended.